You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Okay, Mary, I have a prediction. Uh, this is the kind of prediction, I've explained this before, that is based on no solid reporting uh, or no real evidence. It is only my gut, my instinct. So this, I call this post-evidence reporting. Yes. <laughs> this is how I describe that, John, when I say this is my opinion based on nothing. On nothing. Well, that's what it is. But here it is. And I want people to keep the recording of this podcast so when this doesn't happen, you can confront me uh, with it. Oh, yeah. Here, yeah. Here's my prediction. When, and I don't know when it is, but I think maybe next week, uh, District Attorney Bragg uh, comes back and announces the indictment produced by the grand jury. I think that will happen. But it will not be just for the hush uh, money payoff or kind of the technicalities of how that was reported. I think that'll be in there. But I think the broader questions of uh, the legal culpability of the Trump Corporation, which has already been proved at court. I mean, they've been found guilty, but specifically... Donald Trump's role in that, and possibly even some New York State tax in uh, uh, infractions will be in there. I guess what I'm saying is, I think this is going to be a bigger indictment than we think. And you know who I think knows that? Donald Trump. Yeah, I, yeah, because he's, I hear someone describing because there was some reporting yesterday in the Times about his behavior that he's um, what is that word like disassociating in a sense? You know, like he knows something bad's coming because he's Trump and he has you know his narcissism and his ability to evade the law all these years. All those things are kind of crashing together in his very unhealthy mind. So he kind of can't accept what's happening, but he's smart enough to know something bad's happening. And I do agree with you on the tax piece, because that is the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise, really, why would Bragg revive this? It's not a big enough deal. On the other hand, John, I was thinking about um, something like this crime which is what they call the false business records or something like that. And how many times in your life, I know I've done this in my life, where this you say, oh, just tell the, tell the tax people this or you know, tell the insurance people that. And we say, no, that's tax fraud, even though we're only talking about $500 or something like that. Like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's tax fraud or that's insurance fraud. And this you know, what he is alleged to have done is a pretty common thing in business to say, oh, we'll just run that through as a business expense. You know, I mean, when anybody who's ever been in business for themselves, they know this is very tempting to say, 
um, okay, I bought my kid a computer, but I'm going to say that I bought the computer for my business, so I'll just deduct that $1,000 on my taxes. <laughs> Tax fraud. And, and those things come up, and people do get caught in that stuff all the time for really, really small numbers and small amounts. And in this case, this is not a small number. It's $130,000. Now, maybe to Trump, given his billions, a tax deduction for legal fees of $130,000 is not that much. But Trump is notoriously cheap. And I think he always ran his business that way, right? Paying Peter to pay, to right? what's that expression? Rob Peter. Rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, make a tax deductible if you can. And when you run a small business, this is how many small businesses operate. And big businesses too, but many small family-owned businesses operate. So I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, they have some piece of evidence somewhere. And you know who it might have been from? Weisselberg's daughter-in-law. Because they say she did testify to the grand jury. She's very angry about what's happened to her family and her father-in-law. She blames Trump for that. And she just may have some document somewhere um, that proves that fact. Because Cohen saying it is not enough. No, but it appears certain, at least to me, from what they're projecting out front, that they know they're smart people in uh, uh, in this office, and they know just putting Michael Cohen up is not going to be enough. Uh, you know, Michael Cohen loves to talk to anybody. He'll blabber on and on, and that can be shown. But what can make that happen is you put documents next to Michael Cohen. And it doesn't matter whether Michael Cohn is a blowhard or he has lied in the past, if you can watch me play lawyer here, corroborate that, right? <laughs> yes, yes, corroborating evidence. You know, the other thing that's interesting about Trump is that this is a crime that he understands. I think the more political crimes, and what I mean about that is Georgia, the documents, and January 11. I don't think he, in a sense, understands those as crimes because that's just, to him, that's what politicians do, right? You call you, you call another politician, you bully them into doing what you want them to do. That's what he did in um, Georgia. You know, you have their documents, you use them, you take them you know, for whatever reason that he would have done that. And, you know, there's many much speculation that he took him just because he could. And the January 6th thing, I think he fundamentally does not think he did anything wrong. You know, he, he didn't want to leave the job. He didn't believe, you know how he says, I don't believe that that guy got more votes than me. Yeah, and I just I don't believe he got more votes than Hillary Clinton. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I not only do I think you're exactly right on this, I think I can prove it. And there's a detail in the uh hush money uh that both shows to me that Donald Trump was aware 
of what he was doing was wrong. And to your point, that he understood the whole thing. And it's this. Michael Cohen pays Stormy Daniels $130,000. Donald Trump has to pay Michael uh, Cohen back. But he doesn't send him a check for $130,000. He breaks it up into small checks so that that never ties together exactly, at least in his mind, you wouldn't just see that check passed passed along. He understood that this was wrong, and he understood in the way a mob boss would, that kind of payoff could come and bite him. As frequently happens with Trump, even when he understands something, he's clumsy and a real novice at how to actually cover it up. You know, he's still got checks there with his signature on it. And I found out also there's at least one of the checks that was signed by Donald Jr., which is an oh, interesting kind of dimension that. to that. But, you know, it is, it's a good point, John, because I don't know what the monthly bill from Cohen might look like. Um, it could be that it was $20,000 a month. I mean, I certainly had... We certainly had lawyers when we were when I was at my last company, where their monthly bills were regularly in the tens of thousands of dollars, depending on what was going on and what work was doing done. And I too had, um, when I was in private practice, some clients where, you know, they were consistently a large bill month after month. Again, depending on what work was going on or whether it was more general counsel kind of work, which is what. Cohen was. So it would make sense that you think, hey, I can bury $30,000 in this guy's bill month after month, and it's not going to raise any alarms. And that's the kind of stuff that Trump knows and micromanaged when he was running that business. So that makes perfect sense to me. One of the details of that whole case that I have found fascinating from the beginning is that to make the initial payment Cohen took a home equity loan. Right. I cannot imagine how angry his wife was about that. Yep. I would be yeah. so, wouldn't you be so mad? It's like, yeah. you did what? Yeah. And, and that to, guy's supposed to be a billionaire and he right. can't come up with $130,000? Right. And let's follow that along. Donald does not immediately pay him back, as is Donald's uh, way. He's, you know, he's busy because remember, all these payments are before uh, the election. So they're before November or Michael Cohen's pay payments. But Trump is all the way in the White House before he pays Michael Cohen back. And according to Cohen, Cohen goes over to visit the Oval Office. It's a cool thing. He's going to see it for the uh, first time. And. While he's there, maybe at his wife's behest, he says, uh, listen, Mr. President, I appreciate the tour, but can can you do a little something on uh, paying me back? Because I got to make a payment on that uh, home equity loan. And Trump, according to Cohen, says, yeah, yeah, don't even worry about that. We're going to get that to you. And then he goes back and finally starts paying him, which all of that fits in patterns that we have heard over and over and over again uh, about Donald Trump, that he will chisel anybody. So, so, but that's, that's a fact that if I knew it, I had forgotten it, that he had a discussion with the, about the scheme. 
and directed somebody, Don Jr., Weiselberger, or something to get these checks to Cohen from the White House. He right. was president of the United States when he is engaged in what appears to be an illegal tax fraud. This is the kind of thing when I hear people say, oh, it's not big deal, like George Will the other day. And George Will is a Trump hater. I'll give him that. But he was saying this is, you know, it's small potatoes. They shouldn't be starting with this. You know, and I was kind of listening to that and thinking, well, maybe that's true. But when I hear these facts, it is so shocking and dismaying, really, that the president of the United States is talking to his fixer, his consigliere, and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get you that money from the White House. Well, would, it's just as bad if he would have pulled his checkbook out, you know what I mean, and written a check, but he probably didn't have those on him. So it's it's really disturbing that people have, I mean, I understand why the Republicans are do it, doing that, but what I don't understand is why the more mainstream Republicans or you know, even some Democrats are saying it's not a big deal. It's not where it should start. Because if you stand back to think about what he did, it's a very, very big deal. And that that all went down just a few days before the election. Yeah. Um, and so I, I got to clearly influence. I mean, if I were Hillary Clinton, I would feel super bad that I lost that election because of two things that happened right before. No, actually, three things that happened right before the election. One, James Comey. Shame, shame, shame. The other is the people standing up for Trump after the Access Hollywood, and then this yes. thing happening. And I, I maybe put too broad an interpretation on this, but it's on my mind. Only days before he's going to write these checks in the White House, Donald Trump stood up and took a pr pretty solemn oath to defend and protect the Constitution. Okay, I'm reading that broadly, but that says to me, I will really value and protect the laws of this country that operate within the Constitution. Oh, well, actually, a couple of days later, I'll go through a little illegal scheme uh, to pay somebody, pay somebody off and misclassify the documents. Doesn't that, well, I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask, doesn't that vow mean anything at no, all. Man, I mean, we, we should accuse him of violating the vow of the presidency. Yeah, exactly. He took an oath that he had no intention. He didn't even understand. But I have one more question about this. It's always puzzled me. Like, why Cohen? I guess Cohen that was his fixer. But don't you think, John, that Cohen thought he was going to end up in the White House? Yep, absolutely. I wonder if part of the reason Cohen, you know, and, I, and I always, I've always thought that Cohen was the source for the original Wall Street Journal our article about these payments. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've always thought. And I've always wondered if it was because Trump was stupid enough to not bring him in as White House counsel. Yeah. And he should have, because remember what Donald said, my administration is going to be made up of the very best people. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad Michael Cohen's going to testify, but let's face it. Michael Cohen is not the very best people. And don't you love that Lanny Davis has told him to shut up? <laughs> yeah. One, but to talk about somebody with a very storied and 
you know, and I'm not saying that in a positive way, career, because he was Hillary Clinton's lawyer. He was Weinstein's lawyer. Incredible. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. um, So, you know, this guy is, he just, he'll take. Well, yeah. And as we wind up, I mean, there are so many of these people all around this case. You know, one of the ones that's forgotten was Stormy Daniels' lawyer was Michael Avenatti. Yeah, he's in, in the jail. slammer right, <laughs> right now. And, you know, I think of that when I hear about all the very best people. I know these are not people he put into his cabinet. But Donald Trump, man, you're slimy. And yeah. you attract slimy people. And if... If somebody is not totally certain of what it's going to feel like to bend around uh, Donald Trump, check with his lawyer, Corcoran. That's yeah. the name, not Whole guy's name. Right. Yeah, other another story. story. We'll get to that. All Bye. right, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.